The following podcast is an excerpt from Room for Two. This podcast features coaching sessions with real clients who are working through issues in their emotional and sexual relationship. If you want to learn more, follow the link in the show notes below to visit the website and subscribe. Hey everyone, this Friday we'll be launching our Black Friday sale, which is our biggest sale of the year. From Friday until Monday, you can save 20% on all of the online courses, plus additional discounts if you buy more than one. And on top of that, we are sending you a free workbook with every course that you buy. For many, they like to wrap this and put it under the tree if it's a gift. This is our biggest sale, and I hope you'll take advantage of it. The couples in this series are not ongoing clients of Dr. Finlayson Fife. To ensure their anonymity, their names and identifying features have been changed, but their stories and their voices are real. Welcome to Room for Two, Couples Coaching with Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife. Nate and Nora, welcome to Room for Two. Thank you. Thanks. How can I be helpful? I think we agreed I was going to lead out a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. So sure. we've been married for 15 years and we've had a great time, great marriage. And then in the last couple of years, um, Nate has been going through a lot of changes with what he wants, with faith, and not just faith, with a lot of aspects of his life. And it's brought a lot of conflict into our marriage that wasn't there before as we're trying to navigate going along with the things that he wants different and each of us setting boundaries and working with the other person. There's been a lot of power struggles that have happened within this framework. And it's been an incredibly difficult year that I never would have pictured happening for us and Mm -hmm. lots and lots of tears and pain and hurt. Mm -hmm. Nate has really had moments where he becomes very angry and upset and very condescending with the changes. And I see myself getting very resistant and resentful and trying really hard to pressure change in me and feeling so stuck. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just happening in the same context with a couple dozen different things right in a row Mm -hmm. through a couple years time. And so it's been just relentless and painful. So um, Mm -hmm. we're really trying, we're trying to push ourselves. We're trying to push for something better to work for something more and we're struggling in the process. But that said, we still have a lot of fun together, are really happy. None of us wants to change our marriage dynamic. We love each other a lot. We just want something better. And we want to know how to really differentiate here, how to hold our own boundaries and love the heck out of the other person at the same time and be their champion. Mm-hmm. And we're just running into a lot of struggles with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. It just my first response is it sounds like your marriage is in a growth cycle. And yes, so. yeah, and you may well be taking sort of opposite positions. This often happens under the stress of a growth 
process where one's sort of holding on to the old, one's pushing for new, and there's strength in both positions and there's liability in both positions. But before I settle that that's the right picture, just give me a little more, Nora, like how do you think about or how would you describe the way that Nate is changing? Give me a little more picture of that. Yeah. So for example, his faith change has been a big one, his faith transition. So um, we were very strong in our faith together, felt very similarly about things. And then as he changed, he became obviously frustrated and resentful of, you know, when we would go to church or when we would talk about things and he began listening and to new things and reading new things. And I, at the beginning was a lot more resistant. And then I realized, Hey, there's some really good things in here and I want to support you on this. And I'm learning a lot too. I'm growing a lot in this. Um, so I, would read and listen to the things he suggested. I've gone to some conferences with him that are about things that don't align with my beliefs, but it feels like whatever I've been willing to give and support has never been seen as enough. I'm not developed enough. I'm not open-minded enough. So we keep getting stuck on that, that I say, Hey, I think that's wonderful what you think, but we have a really hard time talking about it where he's not condescending to the old way. He sees me as the old way, you know, mm. as kind of the status quo. And while I'm trying to support him, but not let myself be shamed or ridiculed with where I am now. Mm-hmm. And so it keeps happening that way with faith. And it's a really similar story in sexuality as well. We took several of your courses and I love this idea of, you know, shooting for this beautiful passionate, romantic relationship and working on my desire more. And so we decided, hey, let's try this idea where I'm more the initiator, like where I'm the one desiring sex. But after a few days, there would inevitably come a blow up from him because he was having a hard time and really not feeling chosen, not feeling loved if it didn't happen soon enough or if I wasn't coming around or cuddling enough or doing this enough or doing that that enough. And I've tried to reassure him to say, I'm working on me, give me some time. But it's been really, really difficult for him to accept that. So it's just ending in conflict again and again and again, as he feels like I'm not doing enough to come to this place. So that's a lot of our conflicts have been around that. And then there's some smaller things that feel the same, like our entertainment, things like that. Mm -hmm. Differences in terms of what you would want in terms of entertainment. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So I like my entertainment and he has changed his entertainment quite a bit in the last couple of years, um, which of course was kind of shocking and took me a bit to process. And I was a little resistant to that in the beginning. And then pretty quickly I said, you know what, that's your choice. I support whatever you want to do. But then when we would want to watch things together, he really wanted me to watch things that he liked and felt that I was being a little bit controlling by saying I would only want to watch things that I wanted to watch. So we have worked pretty well through that one because I decided to try watching some of the shows that he liked, even though they didn't really fit with my values. But it still is a little sticky. After a while, I said, you know, 
I tried it out. It's a good show. I think it's great. You want to watch it, but I'm just not into that. It's not my thing. I'm not enjoying the other things in it. So I support you, but I don't, you know, I don't want to watch these with you. And that was hard for him, but we've worked through it. And it, it just, it, mm-hmm. we're working through them, but it's slow and painful. And some we're not working through very well. Mm-hmm. So, and just so I got the right picture, is it like that Nate would want to watch, for example, shows that had like sex or violence in them or in that you preferred not to? Is that kind of the right? Right. Picture? And originally okay. I said, okay, well, how about I'll watch this show, you know, for example, like a rated R or something, I'll watch it with you, but can I hold the remote and fast forward things that make me uncomfortable? And originally he said, well, no, because that would impede on what I'm on my entertainment. So you can leave the room if you don't like it and then come back when you're ready. And so I said, I'd rather just not watch with you. And it caused this conflict. He ended up coming around and saying, changing his mind on that and saying, okay, we can do this and watch something that you want to watch. But that took several days. And so there's just a lot of power struggle resistance around each Mm -hmm. of these ideas as they come up. Yeah. So. Right. Okay. All right. So Nate, tell me, how do you characterize the challenge between you? What would you add or say differently than how Nora's explained it? Yeah. And I feel like this keeps on coming up in our discussions too. I mean, I really enjoy obviously the positivity that Nora's expressed. And whenever she parrots back where I'm at, the part that I don't quite see the same way is she keeps on phrasing it as if like, well, I just want more, more, more. I want more sex, more this, more that. And for me, what I really just want is I just genuinely want someone who wants to be with me, who wants to love me, who wants all that. And sometimes I just feel, I don't don't know, I feel like we kind of get stuck in this pursuer distance or dynamic where I pursue, pursue, pursue. And then I feel like she kind of puts up her wall and then I'm like trying to figure out how to get back in. Mm -hmm. And tell me more about the wall. What do you mean? You pursue, pursue, she puts up the wall. Give me a little more around that. Uh, Maybe. So we came in one of the courses with the hug till relaxed idea and I thought, great, this sounds good. Body learning. And because I felt like that was one of the challenging things I've noticed for me is being regulated around Nora, especially this past year or so. And I don't know exactly what the change was, but it's probably started a few years ago. (laughs) Honestly, when I started realizing how much Nora meant in my life and what if something happened or what if she left or, and I started kind of waking up to what I had with her and it honestly just kind of scared me a little bit. And so I think I got a little bit clingy, needy, just really depend on our validation, which I used to not be that way as much. I used to be a lot more chill and relaxed about it. Anyhow, so we started- And uh, Nate, was that connected to a transition in faith for you? Like, was it being more aware of the kind of instability of life or the finiteness? It happened around the same time. It's tough to like, piece all together exactly, but it did happen all around the same time. Like Mm -hmm. I started having deeper questions about, yes, the finiteness of life, the reality of death, uh, all these things. Like, you know, I I think at one point in my life, I had these nice, neat cookie cutter type, keep it all tight, needy in a box with a bow on top type 
answers. And I started realizing, wait a minute, like, I don't know if things are that simple. And so, yeah, it all kind of happens together. Um, mm-hmm. Faith, marriage, sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so how do you make sense of Nora's wall? What do you think is happening either between you or within Nora? What's your map of that? Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because I actually used to be more the distancer. She was the pursuer for a while. And then when this change happened, it kind of flipped. <laughs> and like, I think I kind of drive her nuts. And sometimes mm-hmm. I would agree with her in that I tend to be quite pressuring with things, with new ideas. I think with all the transition, one thing that hasn't changed is I think before all this, which I thought, I just know all the right answers. And well, this scripture shows this and this and this and this. And like, I just knew all the right answers. And one thing that ironically that I'm still trying to sort out within myself is because I still feel like I know all the right answers. And I think Nora can feel that. It wasn't off-putting mm-hmm. to Nora before, I think, when we're on the same team. But now mm-hmm. that we find ourselves on different teams on these issues, it mm-hmm. can lead to some pretty intense conflict pretty quick. It's quite condescending. Mm-hmm. Often. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I was just going to give that specific example. Like, so I never finished that example, but with like with Hug Till Relax. So like we came across that and I thought, great. I have a hard time regulating myself with Nora. This sounds what would help out perfectly um, mm-hmm. to help me to regulate myself better in these situations. We did it a couple times. Nora decided she absolutely hates it and just did not like it at all. So I kind of tried to lean back and like, you know, mm-hmm. anyhow, so we kind of did kind of some back and forth on that. And that's one that we're, I've just kind of given up on in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And I know this is just one example, but I do feel like it kind of just trying to give Capture me something kind of, Mm-hmm. captures kind of our dynamic um mm-hmm. where it seems like the more i want something the more nora feels pressured and the more walls she puts up mm-hmm. well yeah and if it feels like oh it's a condescension nate thinks he knows the right way you can see why nora would want to answer to that with a wall because yeah. this is often how you know, to the degree you're trying to work out your legitimacy or your reality through the other's eyes, the more it sets you up to get into a power struggle because you're trying to get from the other person something that you need to manage yourself. Do you think, Nora, that did you hate the hugging till relaxed? And if so, what did you hate about it? Um, we did it several times and I didn't mind it at first, but he started suggesting doing it when we were in conflict and I was feeling this very strong condescension and I felt a little bit used during the exercise, I felt he would come away just so relaxed and so happy and just seemed to work perfectly like textbook for him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, but he would be a little bit condescending to me when I was just like not feeling it. And I just started to, have a bad association with it. And I was like, not now. I never said I'll never do it again or anything like that. But I did say, I was like, I need a break from this because it just felt like another way of him checking a box, but not really seeing me. And he loves your work and he loves the work of Schnarch. And I felt like sometimes he wants us to be 
this poster child of this stuff. And I've learned a lot and I'm growing a lot, but I don't just want to be a donkey that's being led to where he wants to take me. I want to be part of the journey. And I felt like Mm -hmm. it kind of felt that way to me that I was just being told to do it for the sake of doing it and not Mm -hmm. wasn't about us so much. Okay, good. And I'll just say something just worth thinking, because I think, and this will kind of illustrate another thing that I have been kind of scratching my head over and our current therapist has been scratching his head a little bit too. Like, so we did the enhancing sexual intimacy retreat. I think it's the typical high desire package. I bought it and really pressured Nora to like about a year ago, like, Hey, this is great. More sex. Right. And so she was really resistant and I was like, no, no, let's do it. So I think we call it the fix your wife package. Is that yeah, what you that's got there? Yeah, the fix your <laughs> wife package. So I was like, sweet, let's do it. And of course, Art of Desire was thrown in there as well. And um, so we, I regret how I handled that, but we ended up going to the retreat and we did the touching. What's that one? It's the Nora, what's feeling while touching, feeling while touching mm. and even though we had some pretty intense conflict at the retreat and we'd kind of gotten a little argument on the way there and like Nora just broke down in tears while we're doing it. I think it'd been a while since we just had that, Hey, I actually do like you and love you and want to be with you. And so we'll have these intense, deep, intimate moments like that. And then it'll be like, Oh great. Well, let's do the hug. And then, you know, then there's these just big walls. So it kind of, we do this a lot of flip-flopping where, yeah, well, it sounds like, you, yeah, you, con- well, tell me, what do you know about yourself as a condescender, Nate? <laughs> Sorry, I have to keep remembering the pseudonym here. What do you know about yourself on that front? Yes, no, I... Or as a progress squasher. A progress squasher? What do you mean? Squasher, squasher. Well, uh, I wondered if you have a view of yourself that way too, because you were saying like, Nora actually was quite responsive to the feeling while touching. And then you yes. said, well, let's go do the hugging until relaxed. And then you've got right. your wife digging her heels in again. Do you have a view of yourself on that? Yes, I do. I'll share it. Um, so my parents divorced as a teenager and I created a lot of instability in my life. I ended up staying with my mom out of obligation mostly. I never felt like I really had a choice um, in terms of whether or not to stay with her. I was the only one that stayed with her. My dad left, my brother left. and I was always kind of the golden child that would fix all things. And I just felt like that was my responsibility, but it created a lot of instability for me. I was really just searching this time of my life for just huge stability, which was the church. And so I kind of developed, and my mom has really severe mental illness with like borderline personality, bipolar, mm. multiple personality stuff. Um, she doesn't need a therapist right now because she tends to burn those relationships with the therapists. And so I was kind of her therapist slash father slash head of the home. And so anyhow, so it was just, I kind of developed this really rigid, and she has a very rigid black and white view of faith and the world too. And so I kind of developed this, I'm right, the world is wrong. I got the truth. So the way that I cope through that is I just really like double down on reading the Book of Mormon. And I, I think I probably read the Book of Mormon over like 20 times before my mission and, um, you know, knew all the right answers and can go to the scripture, that scripture. And so that's kind of how I kind of dealt with it and gained some stability. 
is just through this kind of just this rigid, like, hey, if church stuff, gospel stuff, that's not like the most important thing, I'll like do it five times over, you know, and mm-hmm. gain stability and control. And this impacted just like marriage decision making. Cause I like number one on my list was like, okay, like I can't be like my mom, you know, like I gotta, cause she's my mom has just a history of sexual abuse. And so like, it was just like, I just can't like deal with that. Like I just dealt with that too much in my life. So it was just trying to, I thought if I could do enough right things, do know all the right things and all the answers, like I could somehow like control my world to like yeah. make everything the way that I wanted, minimize, you know, pain. Yeah. And so I had to fix the right way to do everything. And yeah. Yeah. So you're, what I think you're talking about is both a deep desire to do things in a way that would keep you from suffering, but then also some inflation with your mom to be her anchor or to be her, to offer some stability. And I think you're saying those two things then gave you a kind of superiority orientation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I felt like I kind of knew the right answers and the right way to live. And yeah, just a very black and white type of rigid worldview is how I would describe it. And where do you think you are with that now? When Nora's saying, I can feel like my husband's condescending to me, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. And it has been something we've been working on over the past year in particular, but especially when we have an intense conversation, I tend to flip into that very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nora's pointed out, in a helpful way. I mean, it's been challenging, but Norris pointed out many times in a very helpful way, just this idea. And it's helped me to realize that, yeah, I felt like I knew the right way before. And now I still kind of do with like worldview life type stuff. But then that's kind of led over to our relationship and to faith stuff and mm-hmm. yeah, to entertainment and all these other issues. Right. So you're describing actual progress in your thinking. Nate, but uh, when you are like, you're talking about as a child, it's actually a very sane thing to do. You're finding a kind of stability in the church. You use the church in the best sense to help pull your functioning up, um, to give you something to gravitate towards and to regulate with, all of which probably served you very well. And then you're talking about moving on some level more into the spirit of those principles rather than, you know, you cannot watch a rated R movie on some level. You're saying, no, I don't necessarily need to think about it so rigidly. However, the real measure is whenever somebody is condescending, then they are basically demonstrating in real terms that they aren't further ahead. Right, Because whenever you go into a superior position to manage your disappointment or your fear, it is a kind of attempt at control, again, is what it is, which is, by definition, a lower level, whatever the ideology is. Right. And so it's something, just to tell the listening audience, Nate submitted a dialogue yesterday just of kind of the conflict, a version of the conflict through his eyes that they often get into. And one of my observations, Nate, would be that you would 
while I think there were many instances of you speaking more intimately about what you desired or what mattered to you, and by that I mean like exposing your own mind, that when you would get disappointed, you would go into condescension and debate. Yes, and I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Good. Say what you see about yourself around that. Yeah, no, and I think you're right. I mean, I have seen a lot of progress in me um, in the past year and just letting my desires known. I tend to, in the past, I think have been like a covert, like sabotager type. That was the way that I used to do conflict in our marriage, that I would do something legitimately not okay, call me out on it, get a little upset. And then I would insist that she apologize just for getting upset when really I was the, you know, the one Mm -hmm. that needed to grow up. And Mm -hmm. so I've improved in there, but I, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I still like in heated conflict, I slip back into that very easily where I feel much more comfortable. Um, I'm trying to think how to wrap it up, but yeah, I tend to fall back in this more immature, just kind of picking at Nora and her Mm -hmm. immaturity, Mm -hmm. which yes, I agree with you, which is immature. (laughs) Yeah. And it justifies Nora's wall, right? You're actually pushing her into the position you profess to hate. To access the rest of this episode and more coaching sessions like this one, visit the link to the website in the show notes below. Annual subscribers receive exclusive benefits that you can't get anywhere else, including a free 30-minute e-course on creating a better sex life and bonus content such as episodes and Facebook Lives. We hope that you'll subscribe, listen, and gain value from the episodes.